Hello and welcome to the Grassroots Coachcast, episode 22. I'm one of your hosts, Dave. I'm Ben. Good evening, Vietnam. Today we're going to be talking about coaching the individual or the team. The main concept of this podcast is to discuss coaching youth football or soccer at the grassroots level. Ben and I both coach under 11s teams. Ben coaches the boys and I coach the girls. Each week we'll be looking to choose a different topic to cover to discuss our experiences, both good and bad, and any advice that we may have. Ultimately, we're looking to get this content out there and hopefully help out other people who are coaching at the grassroots level. And if you do enjoy the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts or your podcast catcher of choice and give us a five-star review. That would be lovely. This really helps us grow the show and gets us out there to other listeners. So, Ben, how's it been going? Yeah, not bad. Uh, Put a game again today, which did my head in. Um, bit of rain and it got called off. Kind of, I was a bit surprised to be honest because it, it hadn't rained that much down there and the team we were playing were only around the corner pretty much um but it got caught off really early and i think part of it was because they said there was a lot of rain forecast later and i've got to be honest it, it didn't really rain that much for the rest of the morning right so i had quite a few irritated parents and i was irritated as well and i fully understand obviously if pitches are dangerous you shouldn't play but this for me it was I mean, we haven't had rain for days down here so it's not like we've had days and days of rain where it was a potential mud bath or anything so it was the sort of weather where i just thought well if it's always if, if you're going to call games off you're never going to play if it's like this because it's this is just normal rain for me yeah but, yeah um and our other under 11s teams seemed to play and ev went and played so it was kind of yeah i was a bit disappointed really luckily it looks like we've rearranged the game for next week because we, we've got two free weekends now because it's half term. And we luckily look like we've got the game on for next week, which is good. So pleased about that. You know, not not to break off into a tangent too early, but... Well, we normally do. So we might as well we normally do, so, so why not? We're, we're only about a couple of minutes in. So um, I, I, I remember thinking, again, so, so when the kids were first getting involved, I, I was pretty amazed by some of the facilities because... Mm. You know, I was looking back at my own time and the amount of mud baths that I'd played in. And I was thinking, God, these pitches are great and the facilities are amazing. And kids have got it great now. But I think the threshold has come right down or or maybe gone up, depending on your perspective. Yeah. So games tend to get called off a lot easier. And I think it's as much... Clubs want to protect the pitches as well, don't they? It seems to me more that it is the pitch than the players. Because well, I think player safety is is a thing. Yeah, if if it's like course, icy pitches, it seems that yeah, icy. I mean, that's a no-brainer. You, you just can't. That's just, mm-hmm. you know, that's a given. But yeah, I think the the a lot of reasons I hear now are the integrity of the pitch. Yeah. Um, which I kind of get, but you know, the, you know, the weather's like in this country. It's just always. It's, it's only going to get worse going into winter. Um, so we, I mean, we've lost two games already, and we're only in mid-October, both because of the rain. I mean, the other week when we didn't play, that was fair enough because it was horrendous. The rain, 
and it was like two days non-stop so i totally understood that today i didn't really get it because it, for me mm-hmm. it was just it's a bit of rain you know the kids have got to are gonna have to get used to playing in it and I, unless their pitch is in really bad nick i didn't really understand why so obviously we've rearranged it for next week but if it rains again next week it'll probably be called off next week so um it's just you know we've lost two games already and go to, based on last winter well we lost six games i think because of the what you know you just think how many games are we actually going to play yeah so, yeah um and obviously i guess if you had if i don't know maybe if, if there's more money at grassroots they'd have better pitches and facilities who knows you know i don't know i think generally the pitches we play on are good it's not like when i was a kid when it was literally just mud so i think the pitches are generally better and they are they generally do get looked after but um <sighs> You know, I don't, it depends what environment the opposition plays. And I think the team we were supposed to play today actually have got a proper club. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's a park where any, it's a free-for-all. I think they have got a properly, you know, properly, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, gone blank. Maintained? Kind of, yeah. Um, I had a word in mind. You're right, but I've, I've, I'm annoyed I can't think of the word I was going to say. Um <laughs> It might come to you. So, yeah, but, but yeah, you know what I mean? So anyway, yeah, that was just frustrating. But, um, you know, nothing you can do about it. So I, I wonder, actually, if we're, are we moving towards where we just need all weather pitches? You know, that's, well, that's the old debate, isn't it? You know, I was reading an article today about Scottish Premier League players trying to get artificial pitches banned because I think a few a couple of Scottish Premier teams use them, and um, the, the consensus is that professionals think they're dangerous. I mean, uh, you know, obviously our club's got three G, um, and I don't think there's any medical analysis that proves they're any more dangerous than grass. So, you know, it's. But then, you know, if we were play, if we were at home today, we'd have played because it's a it's a three G pitch. So, you know, that's the debate, isn't it? It's a whole can of worms. Yeah, I guess as well that, you know, if you're on grass, you've mowed it and everything, but it's it's a nature thing. If you then, if you create the 3G pitch, it's like a man-made thing, then you can blame someone if you get injured on it. You know, I, I can't help but think there's a bit of that. But what I would say is there's a, it was kind of a friend of a friend who had, uh, who had, done his ligament knee ligaments in mm. twisting around so he'd been on the pitch and it, and he was a good uh he was a good player he he, he well, he's one of these he's had trials at middlesbrough you know oh. um, everyone's had trials haven't they but he was genuinely pretty good apparently and he just tried to turn around and his his foot had stayed planted in the ground and stayed where it was. So his whole body sort of turned around and his foot sort of stayed where it was, yeah. which uh, sounds, sounded pretty nasty. So he was, he was absolutely blaming the pitch mm. and, uh, you know, tried to take it, take it up legally. I, I don't think he got anywhere, but, um, yeah. but yeah, I, th- I think it's probably things like that where people have got injured and then they just said, well, you know, if it was on, if it was on grass, then, then I wouldn't have got injured. Maybe. Wow. Yeah, I mean, but you could cite a million injuries on grass where people have got their studs caught and all sorts of kindness. It's, it, yeah. it's, you know, it's one of those, isn't it? People are always going to have an opinion on it. I, obviously, I'm probably more biased because we play, we train on one, and 
you know, when you actually train on it, it, it for, to me, it just feels like a carpet of grass. It doesn't feel like it's fake. It's not like the yeah. 1980s, yeah, yeah. you know, rock hard. So it's not like the uh, the old sandpaper. No, nothing, nothing like that. They're all, <laughs> they, yeah, these, these, I mean, the, the one at our club costs only half a million quid. They're really, yeah, yeah. Ex- really expensive and they, you know, they they do feel... I don't. You don't ever think about it. You just feel like you're on a really good grass surface. It doesn't. You don't think, yeah. oh, this is this is fake. It's only when you get home and you take all the get all the rubber bits out of your boots that fall over the floor. Oh you god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, anyway, that would be a, that'd be a yeah. We could talk about that for hours. I think that that debate. But yeah, it's not. Yeah. it's not going too far off tangent that we all always do. <laughs> well let's get let's get to our main topic today then so we were going to talk about whether we focus on coaching the individual or focus on coaching the team and shout out to uh dean martin on who's on what coach who's on one of our earlier podcasts had emailed us in it emailed us a few points and and you know we thought we'd tackle them kind of one at a time and just again give our give our perspectives on it so i guess ben i'll let you go first then so where which do you think it is so do you actually coach the team or the individuals um i would say i predominantly work with the team um i do it depends what your definition of coaching and do you mean spending one-to-one time with a player for example or setting them doing practices that are individual but focus on certain things that they i don't know it depends what it depends what your definition is because i think it's it's the second one so it's more if you're coaching the individuals it's like ball control so each player working with the ball you know rolling the fine yeah i do do that Yes, not. I wouldn't say I do it for a huge length of time, mainly because of, we're limited by time. But I do, I do do practices where every player will have a ball, and I will ask them to do certain things with the ball. Um, so yeah, there there is an element of that. Um, I would probably say if you did a percentage of it, it's probably only ten or twenty percent of the whole session, possibly. So there are mm-hmm. so there are there are things and I'll, and I'll sort of mix it up and focus on individual things that I think they need to work on. Um, so yeah, I kind of do do that, um, but majority mainly because of the change in format that we've gone to this season with nine aside. It, there's there's so many. The frustrating thing for me this season is because we just haven't had a full group of players at training at all yet mainly because of different reasons. Mm-hmm. Looking at schools this year, obviously all the school visits are on Thursdays when we train. So we just, we've just we've just had, including Elijah and me, have not been able to go. So we've just not had the full squad. And the things that we really need to work on for Nine Aside, you need a big group of players. Um, so we've had to sort of improvise a bit. So um, what what I'm trying to focus on at the moment is... The, the sort of little nuances that we've had to get our heads around going to nine aside. So we're trying to do a lot of work on in possession, out of possession in terms of our shape, uh, playing out from the back, trying to press the opposition when they're trying to play out from the back. So there's all these different things that we're trying to work on. Um, and we've not had a full, not we've not had a full 
quota for training at all, really. So it's been quite difficult. So there's probably been a little bit more individual stuff than I would do normally uh, in smaller groups, maybe. Um, and I might do arrival activities a bit longer or activities I wouldn't normally do that much time on, um, maybe a little bit more. But ultimately, I'm trying to just get a lot of the messages of, out to the team about that in possession, out of possession, nine aside stuff that we need to learn. So that's my kind of main focus and will be for probably the next few months until we really get our heads around how we're going to cope with those little things. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. What about, what about yourself? I, th- I think you probably do more individual stuff, don't you, from speaking to you in the past? Yeah. So, and I, again, it's probably, probably we're at slightly different levels, I think. So yeah, I think that plays a part in it as well. Yeah, so I guess you know with the boys game it's it's just a numbers game isn't it you know there are a lot more boys I think who who just play football at break times lunch times kick socks around the house and stuff so yeah. you know maybe you know with the better players who've been playing for a number of years they don't need as much time you were saying about you coach, you know, individual skill kind of, uh, you focus on that for 10, 20% of the time. I, I seem to remember, I can't remember, was it on the podcast? Was it in an email conversation we had? I, I can't remember, but I, I'm sure you focused that mainly in the arrival activity and warm up games. Yep. Yeah. And then the main meat of the session then is more of a team, more team focused. Yes. Technical and tactical work. Yeah. So I think we will tend to focus a bit more on the, uh, on the individual skill. Um, you know, so a lot of in possession work again, just being comfortable with the ball. Um, we do have, you know, especially since the level one course, I do love the, the like netball type games, you know, so where they can, think a bit more about their positioning and yeah, I do backing each well. other up. I do that more for the communication side of it than, than that, but it is a, it, it covers a lot of things. It's a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, I think I'm probably going to change that mix. So probably again, it, it would probably be somewhere between 10 and 30% in any given, you know, three or four week block where we're looking at, you know, just, team-based tactics but quite often you know you know on a Saturday when the game's on you know and I'm thinking oh I've have we got the mix wrong (laughs) you know know, so so at the moment so so obviously it's seven aside isn't it yeah still for, for for the girls at the moment at this level and you know, one of the things, so when the team was first put together, obviously, you know, positions and stuff was all a, a fairly new concept, you know, and so actually staying in your position, it, it's not an intuitive thing, is it? You, you've got to learn how to do that. Yeah. But now, I mean, I think one, one of the things we consistently do is, is our defenders, we'll have two at the back, typically, and our two defenders will statically keep their position <laughs> at the back, you know, and guard the goals and, and, you know, maybe move up 
10 yards or something. And uh, usually I'm sort of gesturing on the sidelines, you know, move up with the rest of the team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, you know, again, I'll say that in the match, but at some point I'll need to uh, focus a bit more on just in the practice sessions, try and get them to actually move up and down the pitch and around the pitch uh, as a team. But definitely for me, it's it's mostly, you know, it's work on the individuals. But again, there's a bias as well at the moment to work on the in-possession stuff, the ball control, the dribbling, things like that. Yeah. But again, it, it's like the topic we had last week. It, it's not about saying one thing is a priority, so you only do that. It, it's tr- it is trying to balance those two things, and actually, I, d- I don't think there is a right answer. No, I don't think there is. I think you're right. It, it is about you know, is it boys? Is it girls? Is it are they eight year olds? Are they fifteen year olds? Are they you know? It depends. It depends on what stage they're at. You know, in the in the football journey, I suppose. And I guess the way I view it is most of my well, all of my players are. They're comfortable with the ball at their feet. Obviously, there's certain things they can do. Some can do better than others. Some are better with their left foot. Some are better at dribbling. Some are better at rolling the ball under their foot. Some are better at stepping. All, all those little things. Um, but generally, if you give them a ball, they're all, you know, they can. They're very good with it. I think it's the, it's the the sort of um, the mental side of it. You know, where, what should my position be? What decision should I make here? They're the things that I'm trying to get over because I think they're at the age where they really need to start getting to grips with that stuff. Um, you know, especially positionally. I mean, you know, we, I'm watching games where even the game we played last week. At times, we had um, we had like a, I think it was a three naught five formation because all, all the midfielders were bombing forward, and as soon as we lost the ball, they were sort of ambling back, and we had nobody in midfield, and that happened a few times. And it's just trying to get get that positional awareness and, you know, all those little things that um, do need a lot of focus. And when you've only got an hour and a quarter each week, it's hard to, you know, you, you, you sort of scramble around trying to make the best use of that time and get the most out of it. So, yeah, it can be it can be quite challenging. But like you said, I don't, I don't think there's a right answer. I think you'll know when you look at your team what they need and what they need to work on. Um, especially for you, because I think because you, you, yours is quite a new team, and some of them probably haven't played football that much. So I can totally see why you'd focus more on the individual stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So here's a question: yeah. How much do you give players homework? Mm, that is a good question. Uh, I can honestly say I don't, and that's not. I don't. I don't say that like I'm right in doing that I think that, I, that I'm wrong in not doing that because so I think that's quite an important part of it and I, and I have I think because of it I was speaking to Stu my assistant a couple of weeks ago about this and I said you know I'm going to give the players homework even if it's not necessarily a physical thing then that I want them to practice it may be a mental thing like some of them I think I might have spoken to you about this on the podcast previously mm-hmm um, some of them it's going to be communication well probably quite a few yeah. of them would be communication so uh, that's more of a mental thing and thinking about it um, others it'll be 
yeah, you know, use your left foot, make a tackle with your left foot, try and have a shot with your left foot, you know, try and hold your position as often as you can and don't go past half. Yeah, maybe not something as daft as that. But so it is, I do mean to do it. And I think because we've missed training and I've not had everybody there, I've kind of just not, it's just not been in my headspace to do it. Um, but I've got every intention of doing that because I think it's a real, I think it's really important. Um, because you don't know, you know, like you said before about kids kicking socks around. I mean, my, Elijah does that. He'll he'll kick his socks around the living room before he goes to school, and it drives you mad. But it's all, and it sounds daft, but that's still part of his. You know, he's still kicking something. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if it's a pair of socks, or he's got, I've actually got his ball in front of me. He's got one of these little messy balls, which is like a size, I don't know, size two. It's a tiny little ball, but he boots it around the house, and he was booting it around before. So was Evie, actually. And again, it drives you nuts. But he, but he's always trying little flicks and things with it. Mm-hmm. So he's always he's, he's he's that sort of kid who will always have a ball at his feet. He'll always want to be doing something with a ball. And you don't know how many of the others other kids are like that. They might just go home and not be interested. They might just come to training, mm-hmm. come to a match, and they don't play football at all. So I think the homework thing is really important. Um, and just trying to, like you said, even on the way to school, kicking a ball against a wall or in your garden or at break time or whatever, just try and put yourself in that position where you're, you, you've got a ball at your feet. So yeah, so that is, that is on my radar. I know you, you do that more than me. I know you do. So you can probably talk about that a bit more. So, I mean, uh, but not enough, I don't no, think. Well, and and yeah. not in a, a hand on heart, not, yet in a structured way yeah so it it's more it's more been opportunistic so you know if if uh so and the reason i think it's important to do is that you know we only have the training time is typically an hour a week isn't it yeah and you know you get a bit of time before the match where you can also squeeze something in but you know you're hoping that the players will do that individual development outside of that time as well. Yep. Where you don't need all the other players, you know, and they can, and they can do that work outside. And so, you know, I'll, I'll have a word with players. I say, look, right. I just want you to think about this, you know, for this week, you know, so it might be doing keepy uppies. It might be, uh, just dribbling the ball with your left foot around the garden or something. You know, just something simple, um, trying to chip the ball, trying to get the ball up off the ground. I, I think I remember talking to you about this a, a little while ago, but uh, yeah. I mean, with our players, just, just getting a good sort of lift on the ball, a good chipping uh, is not something a, a lot of them find find comes easy. So, you know, if they can be practicing that in their own time, you know, and again, it's that that makes it sound bad, doesn't it? It makes it sound like homework, real homework there, where it's it's a chore. You know, you still want it to be fun, don't you? Um, yeah, I mean, I think generally, if you've got a ball at your feet, it's fun. It's not really a chore, is it? I don't, I don't think. Um, but, if if it's it, your choice, yes. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, this, yeah. Again, I'm 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 with you. I mean, if I've got a ball at my feet, I, I can be entertained for hours. But yeah, I don't, like, I'm sort of contradicting myself there because like I just said a minute ago, you might there might be some kids who don't do that. 
Yeah. You, you, yeah. Don't, you don't know, you know. I mean, some play for their school teams, some play for other teams, some go to training at other academies and things, and some don't do anything. So and you can probably you kind of you can probably tell those kids apart a little bit. So they're the ones that maybe need a little bit more focus in that regard. Um, I'm probably a bit kind of yeah. I, I think a lot of the things I need to focus on are, are the mental side of it and thinking about the different, the dirtier parts of the game. I suppose about positioning and talking and you know where should i be if he goes there and all that all that sort of thing the sort of next level of football not just about can i control a ball can i kick a mm-hmm, ball mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff because actually more the, the tactical awareness yep, absolutely and i think at seven aside it's not as prevalent because there's no offsides you you got to retreat to the halfway line and you can get your shape back and all that stuff but when you get when you play nine aside and there's a quick goal kick and you're out of shape and you're all over the place. That's that's where you've got to really be switched on. And you can see you can see certain players in certain games are just not switched on at all, and they're not thinking, "Hold on, this goal kick, I should be here." You know, there's none of that. Not all the time, but it go. It's, it's like a tap; it comes on and off. Mm-hmm. Trying to get them mentally attuned to being ready for that at all times, and not not with Misha. So it was interesting today. Evie's coach in her game. Um, he was talking about after he he was getting frustrated because he was saying everything they worked on in training, and this is, you know, we all know this, you know this, I know this, everything they worked on in training that was good, they didn't take it into the match. It just went completely out the window. So he's, you know, on the touchline shouting and trying to get them organised. And he said after the game, he said, I shouldn't be shouting at them. He said, I should be not saying anything. He said, it should be the players who know what they should be doing. He said, I shouldn't Mm -hmm. be saying anything on that front. And I kind of know what he means. You know, you shouldn't, I shouldn't be telling players to, when to press, when it's a goal kick. I shouldn't be telling players to mark a man at a corner. I shouldn't be telling players to push up to the halfway line when we're in possession and attack it. You know, it should all, the players should be, should now, by now, know that stuff. Um, so that was really interesting to hear him say that because when I watch them play, they always seem like quite a well-drilled unit to me. Mm-hmm. Um but but I found that surprising that he kind of said that because he was he was obviously getting frustrated that they were not doing what he was working on, um, which just shows you know I think at that age as well eleven twelve, I suppose your mind does wander and you don't always think you still there is an element of you just follow the ball don't you you go where the ball is, um, so that's the that's the hard part I yeah. found anyway that part. I suppose it's all about your expectations as well, though, isn't it? So you're you're looking from the outside, looking in at this team, and they seem like a well-drilled unit, whereas the coach, you know, thinks they should be uh, at the next level up from that. Mm. You know, so it's all expectations, yeah, I think. it is, too. I think we all want our players to be like that and not us not to have to continue to point out things that should be coming naturally, you know. It's obvious. if So they've got a goal kick and they're they're left backs in million miles of space, why isn't our right winger on top of him marking him? You know, that that should be an intuitive, well, where's my man? I should always be thinking, where's my man? Why who am I marking? But it doesn't still. Don't get me wrong, not all the time, you know, and there's there's a lot of good things that have happened, but obviously you're always going to focus on the areas of improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose that is where that mental side of it comes in and it's just trying to get that over to the players. And I suppose you can do that on a one to one basis as well. I guess. Um, but obviously you're trying to tailor practices 
it's difficult to tailor a practice just for one individual player to focus on that one player's sort of weaker point, I suppose. But you've got to try and incorporate that into the whole thing, which you kind of do because, you know, a lot of the things that we do anyway, uh, the players are in those positions and trying to learn their position. So I guess that's individual coaching as well, I suppose, to a point. So, um, yeah, it's all all in there. But like you said, I don't know if it's, I don't know what's the right and wrong approach to it. You've just got to know your players and what you think they need. Yeah, so you know, where are your players starting from, and and trying to come up with a with a program, and it, it, again, it's going to have different mixes of team focused things uh, or team focused activities, you know, and tactical awareness and what have you, and also uh, focusing on the individuals as well. Yeah, when I I see some. There's a, probably another team at our club and I've seen teams that I just played for maybe last year and the only train, the only thing the main thing they seem to do in training is play a match with maybe 10 minutes at the start of you know passing to each other or something mm-hmm. but quite it seems quite reasonably basic stuff to me and I don't see them working on I'm not I'm not criticizing them I'm just saying that's what I notice it doesn't seem to be a lot of tactical stuff coming out it just seems to be or oh, we'll have a match for 45 minutes which I suppose is useful but if you haven't got a nine aside match going on in the four or in the format that you're playing in it's kind of how you're only going to get a certain amount of benefit from that I think but, yeah you know, you know I don't it's not for me to comment on everybody else but I've got a clear long list of headaches of things that I think we need to work on this is trying to find I wish I had more time to do it you know, cause hmm. that's where that repetition comes in, I think. To repeat, yeah. sort of repeat it over a period of week. You can't just do it for half an hour in one week week, and then you don't train for three weeks and it's all forgotten. You've got to, it's almost like drumming it into them, but making it fun and interactive and interesting. Um, so it just becomes second nature. And I think it will come. It's just, it's just a, this season been stop starts. So we've missed a couple of games. We've missed quite a bit of training. So it's just been stop start. So we mm-hmm. haven't got that nice rhythm of, I can say, right, let's do this thing we did last week where we worked on building from the back. You all, you all know your positions, you all know what to do, and then I can just let them go and run with it. We've just not got to that position at all yet. And I know we'll get there, but it's just trying to find the time. So hopefully over the next few weeks we'll uh, we'll be able to do that. Yeah. Cool. Right. Do you go, do you go to, to Nine Aside next year? I'm not actually sure, <laughs> you know, so it, it wasn't that clear again with the, the girls game just isn't as mature, mm. it seems. And, uh, you know, I was speaking to the head coach about it right up until, you know, the, the end. In fact, the season had already finished and I kept asking, you know, are we actually going to nine aside? <laughs> you know, cause I, I, I knew the- about this, yeah. The, yeah, I knew the boys were going, but uh, it seemed to be still a, a little bit up in the air until you know, right at the last minute. And so, yeah, I'm I'm not actually sure. I think, you know, I would guess that that they will, but uh, no, I mean, I, there's been nothing official that I've heard yet. Okay, maybe next year. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But I can imagine. I mean, it's a. Uh, I, I think I told you, didn't I, that that when I went to, see, you know, I saw a friend's lad play for um, 
like the level down from it was like a Barcelona feeder club. Yeah, you said yeah. And they went from uh, straight from seven aside to eleven aside. You know, yeah, which I fun. think is really quite harsh. You know, because yeah. uh, I, I watched the game and and it was very clear the players a, a lot of them just didn't quite know what to do. And yeah. it it is just it, it is from seven to eleven doesn't sound a lot, does it? But it is a different game. It is. It's hard enough going seven to nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which doesn't sound like much, but it's more the rules. And uh, yeah, so retreating to the halfway line, I think, is a is a big one, isn't it? And the offsides coming in. I've got to be honest; it's the biggest one. I think the offsides have not really generally been much of a problem. We get caught offside a little bit, but the, the, they kind of know that they can't just hang around beyond the defenders, mm-hmm. and they do. They're generally not. Oh, that it's almost been a very smooth transition playing offsides because I don't know you don't ever tend to have that situation where there's a striker miles behind the defenders now I just don't see it everyone's kind of quite compact and you know trying to work space and there's no there's no goal hanging so I've not found that a big deal it's just but the the retreating thing is it's kind of mind-boggling because there's just so many different things to think about um you know, and the, and you can just see the players when we've got a goal kick, and every single player is marked, and the, you can see the goalkeeper like, what, what am I supposed to do? You know, it's kind of it's really difficult, and that's where the sort of movement and the communication is so important, and that's what we've we found reasonably difficult at times. Um, we're getting a lot better when we're out of possession, and the other team's got a goal kick. We're really good at now pressing up and marking up and causing lots of problems, but. The other way, it's, it's hard because you can see the players trying to shake off their marker and they can't. So it's like, well, well why doesn't the left-back go up into midfield and the midfielder come back? And that might confuse them a bit. Yeah, so yeah. Get them to do that instinctively and get your central midfielders to drag players around. So, again, that's really important because if you, could, you, can have, you can shuffle your whole team to one side of the pitch and the opposition will go with you. So it opens up the other side. So there's all those little things to try and get them to think about. Yeah. You know, and if they're just standing still, which invariably happens quite a bit, then it's up to the goalkeeper to make sure he's got a hell of a kick to to launch it over everybody's heads. Yeah. Which yeah. ours hasn't really. Ours hasn't got the biggest kick, so we've got to really try and work to make space. So it's um yeah, they're the real challenges. So um that's the biggest one. And that's where the that's why why I do do a lot of the team focus on rather than maybe individual stuff. It's more about shape and yeah. how can we create angles and move around and make it easier for the goalkeeper. So Yeah, yeah. Very good, very good. So anything else on focus on individual or the team? I don't think so. I don't think it's something that you can have a huge debate around, really. I just think it, it all comes down to what you think your players need. Um, and as a coach, if you are very focused on individual skill and development. That's great. Um, but I think, you know, I think it's just, you can't get away from that team side of it. And whether you devote 50% of each, I don't know. I mean, even doing the individual stuff in activities is kind of teamwork to a point, but I think it's, it depends what format of the game you're in, what's part of your development you're at as well. So yeah, there's no right or wrong answer. So obviously if people have got an opinion, uh, and they want to share that, um, what they think about what we've said and what they do in their training, that'll be really good to hear. So, um, yeah, drop us a line. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, where can they get us, Ben? Oh, you always ask me. <laughs> or should I say I've, Steve I've, McLaren? <laughs> I've, I've braced myself for the question. So, yeah, the Twitter page is uh, G Roots Coachcast. Uh, if you would like to drop us a line, we are at grassrootscoachcast at gmail.com. So, yeah, please get in touch. Any All thoughts welcome, good or bad, about what we've said. <laughs> Probably bad. Oh, you should do more individual development. Yeah, well, <laughs> fortunately... You should give homework, yep, guilty, your honour. Yeah, 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 we, do, do as we say, not as we do. So, yeah, well, think, again, there's, there's no right. Yeah, no, there isn't. I think this week we have got a full house at training because all the school visits are done, so I should have, apart from my player who's got a broken toe, I should have everybody there. So I will endeavour to give some homework. Or I don't want to call it homework, that sounds awful. Uh, what, can, what else can we call it? A nicer name. Um challenges individual challenges yeah i like that actually yeah so i'll be doing that just happens to be at home (laughs) next week you can you can say to me how did you get how did it go with the individual challenges and i'll say oh god i forgot to do it no i i I think that's a gem actually ben i think you got it there individual challenges Individual challenges so i'm going to think about those this week and i shall uh i shall i'm going to give everyone a little slip of paper just for them so right here you go this is yours go have a little think about it and then we'll, we'll see how we do on Sunday with it. So, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks a lot, Ben. That was no, my pleasure. It's been emotional. Good to talk to you, as always. Absolutely. And again, I'll just say, if you do like the show, then if you could head over to Apple Podcast or the podcast catcher that was formerly known as iTunes. <laughs> Or however you're listening and drop us a five-star review. That would be lovely. And that just helps to grow the show, helps us to get out to more listeners as well. Ben, thank you very much. Cheers, mate. I'll speak to you next week. Cheers. Bye now.